When it comes to retirement planning, you literally can't afford to procrastinate. You have to be prepared for any possible financial challenge. Let's make sure that you're ready for retirement. It's time for the Retire Ready Podcast with Kyle Hammersmith, investment advisor, representative, and founder of Mocan Wealth Management. Welcome into the podcast. This is Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith. Thanks for tuning into the show as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Kyle. And we're going to talk top 10 tax questions for retirees in 2023. And it's that time you know, the year, but it's always a good time to think not only just tax season, but also all year long. So that's what we're going to get into with Kyle here, who is the president and investment advisor at Mocan Wealth Management. So we're going to talk a little bit about taxes this go around. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Doing well. This is the uh, the fun time of the year for us, especially with the kids. You know, my my middle child, my son, turned uh, two this past weekend, so he had his kind of his first party. We had someone come over and do a bunch of balloons. Oh, and nice entertainment for him. So that was fun to kind of see the the kiddos having fun. And then my my oldest daughter turns four here in a couple of weeks, so she's going to have her party. They kind of missed out, you know, with all the the COVID nonsense going on. They didn't really get a celebrate their birthday parties so uh properly it, it last time fun. yeah yeah it was it was fun to get everything set up for them and look at them have a blast about two hours and then they're they're done for the day so. <laughs> <laughs> all the extra sweets or you know that, that, that can last me a couple of weeks there you so. go yeah the sugar high and then the crash afterwards and some resting for the kids so good well yeah you got them stacked up there you got them birthdays on top of each other that'll certainly do it it wears out mom and dad too but oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i tell you what man it's uh, it's good to chat with you so let's dive in here on retirement ready and of course let me remind folks too if you got some questions need some help as always make sure you reach out to a quality professional on anything you hear on our podcast or any other before you you know take any action always talk with a qualified pro like kyle and if you do need some help he's got the retirement ready toolkit available as well so you can click on to check that out at the website at mocanwealth.com that's mocanwealth.com slash podcast uh, and that's the uh, the resource tab there you can find some good tools and tips and all that good stuff there so check that out all right, Kyle. So let's get into it. Number one, what are the tax implications of withdrawing money from different kinds of retirement accounts? Because they're not all the same. Correct. I think that from my experience, especially from you know teaching these retirement workshops, is I try to teach people the understands of tax planning versus tax advice. And most pre-retirees their entire life that they've just been a glorified tax filer, which is fine. Defer, defer, defer. But literally every decision you make has a tax implication before and in retirement, whether it's from the savings part or the spending part. So tax implications just from withdrawing money. Again, most individuals are going to have our households will have a bulk of their money, if not all saved in these tax deferred accounts, primarily your 401ks or your 401as or 403bs or IRAs. And ideally is you're going to you're going to deduct that you're taking the tax break while you're working, but when you're in retirement and you're going to withdraw that money to spend, to pay for your expenses and, you know, do whatever you're going to do in retirement, you're going to be pay taxes at whatever ordinary margin or your marginal rates of whatever they are at that time. Hmm. Okay. Um, so the tax implications of that, again, if you have Roth money, we can just break this down into three funnels. We got taxable, tax deferred and tax free. So we kind of talked about the tax deferred money. Um, when you spend that money, you're going to be paying it at ordinary uh, income taxes. Those funds will make your Social Security potentially more taxable if you are on that Social Security benefit. The taxable accounts are pretty pretty common. Also, this is going to be your brokerage accounts where losses and gains could be taxable. You got short and long-term gains. Mm-hmm. 
And then you're going to have your Roth accounts, which are basically you're paying the tax up front in exchange for those accounts to grow tax-free. And then you're going to spend it in retirement tax-free. One bonus of that those types of accounts is it does not make your Social Security more taxable. Well, let's talk about that because that's number two. People often get a little confused on that. Will Social Security benefits be taxed? And it is possible, depending on how you pull, your income limits are going to affect that, right? So that's there's a strategy involved. It's not just you know, oh yeah, and this kind of thing. Correct. Uh, I always teach or kind of instruct people and educate you that, yes, you can wait till 70. Yes, you could get more, but also that could be, you know, it could make that more taxable the larger that benefit is. Um, Social Security is about um, how you do it, not when you do it. Mm -hmm. Social Security by itself is not taxable. Um, Those laws changed when Reagan was in office and they lowered federal tax rates. You know what? What will make your Social Security taxable is basically all of your other stuff. So you're you're really going to add in what's the total of all these accounts in the in a year? Non-taxable interest. Do you have municipal bond interest held outside Roths or IRAs? Any ordinary income? Are are you going to be working and claiming? Are you going to be pulling money from your IRAs and four hundred one ks? Am I going to have dividends and capital gains in those taxable accounts? And then you're going to add in half of your Social Security for your that for the year, that's going to determine how much of your social security will be taxable on an ongoing basis. It's called the provisional income. Um, so if you're listening in, I would highly suggest Googling the provisional income again, inside of our uh, retire ready toolkit. We do have resources in there to help you calculate all this. Yeah, it's a great point as well. And again, if you want to check that out, if you don't have one stop by the website, mocanwealth.com slash podcast. Kyle, so pension is, if you're lucky enough to have one, uh, does that get taxed differently than other forms of income? And is it, I guess maybe it's state by state too, right? Depending on where yeah, you live. Yeah, it's definitely state by state, depending on where the pension is coming from. If it's coming from like your, a corporate, a corporation, more than, more than likely you're going to be paying your, your state and your federal taxes, depending on the state you're living in. Um, you know, there's a lot of states that don't have state income tax in general, mm-hmm. but Primarily what I've seen as far as like local in the Kansas, Missouri area is if you have like a a pension from being like a teacher or you work for the state or the government, typically you're going to, you're not going to escape federal taxes wherever you go, Uh, but you could save some money on those state taxes. Just understand whatever that number is from your pension is going to show up on your tax return every single year, Mm -hmm. which potentially could increase your social security benefits being taxed. Okay. Uh, number four on our list, how does a SECURE Act, especially, and even the SECURE Act 2.0, Kyle, which came through right at the, the last minute you know, of uh, 22, how might that affect retirement incomes and taxes? Obviously, they moved the RMD age again. So uh, any, yeah. any thoughts there? Yeah, I would say, just to make it easy, tax-wise, I guess it, it could let you potentially do more Roth conversions before the age of 73. Um, the idea is just because they're telling you to wait longer to you, you can wait longer to access your money doesn't mean you sh- you need to or you should. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as an income perspective, I don't think it changes anything. Uh, tax wise, maybe the only tax decision would be if you have a surviving spouse or adult children who are going to get your money upon passing. But the Secure Act in general, it allows you to potentially save more. Um, but for someone that's pre-retirement or retirement, it doesn't really have a, a direct tax impact. Okay. All right. Uh, any special uh, special tax deductions or credits available for retirees? I know there used to be um, with the Tax Cuts and Job Act. I'm not sure if that got eliminated or not, but there were, I know there were a few things. Any thoughts there? Yeah, with tax rates set to expire in the, 
January 1st, 2026 tax cuts and jobs act is supposed to sunset into the previous tax uh, system. Right. Where you could, you know, I think the standard deductions over 65 married couples, like around 19,000 versus like 30 some thousand. I think it's like the low thirties right now. So you could see some more people kind of take some advantage of credits or uh, itemizing. But one thing I guess would be maybe not a tax consideration would be more like the healthcare credits, depending on if you're going to retire before 65 and you have, you know, money positioned properly or your income needs are low, you might qualify for some ACA credits where you're actually going to get paid mm. uh, a certain amount of money to pay for your health insurance. But that's really the only thing I can think about as far as credit-wise and deductions. Okay. All or right. you can think about HSA. Um, yeah, HSA is a great that, point. Yeah, that, That's not really more for retirees. That's more for pre-retirees. Again, taking that's the triple tax benefit. HSA yeah. is you get the tax deduction, it grows tax-free, and you get to spend it tax-free. Yeah, HSAs are fantastic. If you've got questions around those, for sure. We shall probably do a podcast just on HSAs alone because uh, they are pretty cool. People often you'll hear them referred to as a Roth on steroids, right? So yep. a lot of different conversations there. We'll definitely have to circle back around and do some more an in-depth dive on HSAs. But let's keep moving on for our list right now. We're up to, uh, what are we on here? We're on number six. You know, we've seen a mass exodus from different states over the last couple of years, Kyle. People moving to different, and you've got clients all over the country as well. So People that are thinking about, and typically the traditional thought is, right, the snowbird, right? I'm going to move from, let's say, Michigan to Florida or whatever. But people just in general changing states, maybe because of the tax implications of going to a tax-free state, Tennessee or Florida or Texas or whatever. Correct. I think most people in general are flocking to those types of states. I think it just happens to have, you know, states happen to have. It's an extra um, bonus. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just an extra bonus, I think, as long as you're there majority of the time and if you're going back and forth and snowbirding. But um, yeah, there's definitely a tax benefit of, you know, moving to somewhere like Texas, Florida, Tennessee, but at the end of the day, typically there's going to be a higher tax rate on, on something else. So you're the, the cost savings is there, but it's not like that's the prime reason of behind you deciding to move to another state. No, I don't, I definitely agree. It shouldn't be the main reason you move, but certainly it could be something that you want to work with your professional on to say, okay, this is something we're thinking about if it's for weather or whatever. And then, yeah, for example, like yeah. let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars of taxable income. You got 5% state tax in Kansas. That's 5,000. If you go to Florida, you know, you're saving the 5,000, sure. but yeah. So something to think about. Certainly. Uh, again, if it's part of the overall strategy, again, I don't, I don't know if I'd let that tax tail wag the dog and just say, honey, pack up. We're moving to Tennessee because it's tax free or whatever. Uh, so something to ponder there. Charitable contributions. Number seven, anything to think about there again with the tax cuts and jobs act, maybe not until. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of just, this is more case by case. I do see some people that are very charitable as far as like the donation side pre-retirement and they want to continue it into retirement. Mm -hmm. um, the, the bigger consideration is once you hit your requirement of distributions, if you want to do the QCDs, but again, it's, it's very rare that I see it as a, like we built it into the plane. Like it's a necessity. It's more of like a want. Well, um, well, well, Kyle, if you're doing QCDs or even charitable, does that lower your taxable income? Is that would that be the advantage or no? Does it not? Yes, you could save away from like making your requirement of distribution taxable. Yes, right, but it doesn't lower your overall income though, right? No, right. Just like the, my next one, gifting. So I was going to ask you about that as well. Uh, if you want a gift, and I think it's what seventeen thousand dollars. I think you can per person you can gift uh, money to children, grandchildren, whomever. But it does not lower your taxable income. So that's if we're talking taxes. I mean, if you want to give a gift, that's great, but it's not necessarily going to help you on your taxes. Or am I incorrect there? 
Well, it, it just kind of depends on how this is all being <laughs> properly filed. Uh, okay. There's different <laughs> ways of doing gifting. There's different ways of doing donations. Um, the charitable donations will drop your income for sure. Okay. All right. Because um, you're, 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 you are getting that extra deduction. You know, the, the donations and the gifting is, again, we always tell people to, you know, be cautious of going, being aggressive on this type of strategy because this, these are, this could be future dollars you're going to need later in life. Maybe, oh, for sure. Potentially yeah. for, for, potentially for like healthcare or, um, long-term care. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people think if I do the tax, uh, the gifting, and that was number eight on the list, by the way, was gifting money to kids or grandkids. It's going to help maybe with like a state tax and estate planning, which I guess it could, but that number's still really high for now. So it may, again, or may or may not affect your strategy depending on what your net worth is. Because the state, yeah, the, the it, state it, tax it is pretty depends high. On where those do- yeah, it just depends on where those dollars are coming from too. Like, where are you pulling from to do the gifting? Mm, yeah, great point. Okay, uh, any tax issues? We talk often about the individual. What about the, from a business standpoint? We'll make this number nine. Any tax questions or issues for folks to think about if they are doing the small business or the side hustle, if you will? If you're going to be showing an income, again, typically if you're just starting small or side business, that's like just to burn time and you know potentially bring in some, some part-time income. Mm-hmm. Um, it really comes down to, are you just doing this as like a sole proprietor? Are you starting like an actual LLC? Are you going to have to be paying social security taxes on your income, payroll taxes, all that different stuff. So really it's about how you're establishing the business um, that will actually determine or, you know, could bring up some potential tax issues, but most people are just going to do it as a sole proprietor. So they're going to be paying taxes as, you know, as if it was someone else paying them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And then I guess final one, I'll make it dealer's choice. Anything I forgot uh, for number 10, any other items you want to toss out there for tax considerations for the upcoming year? I would just say one thing that's super popular right now is we don't haven't really talked about is Roth conversions. Um, I think there's a lot of information out there about it. Some people are thinking about do it. Some people are doing it. Um, You kind of have to be cautious of, you know, when you're doing these conversions, in or before retirement or age 65, you have to be aware of those uh, Medicare IRMA limits. Uh, it's always advantageous to do tax planning in general, especially when markets are down, which is like they are now. And then it, tax rates are historically down and they're set to go up. Um, so that's something else you got to consider is that doing those Roth conversions, but understanding the tax implications. If someone truly says, Kyle, I want to pay less taxes over my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Really, you're going to have to pay more upfront in exchange to pay less long term. Yeah, I mean, you got they want the their money, only, right? So it's now or later. The right? only other the only other option is you're going to live off less income, so your tax bill is lower, or you or live a shorter lifespan, and then your tax bill will be lower. The other only other way is to pay more upfront and properly withdraw your money in retirement. Well, back to that conversation of, of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you know, sunsetting soon. Yeah, Roths have been very popular the last couple of years. It's certainly a, a top tax question for many people uh, because we know what the rates are now, right? And we know if Congress does nothing, the rates are going to go back up in 26. They could do something more and make them go even higher, right? We have no idea. We all know that we've spent a lot of money and and government certainly needs some. So that's certainly a, a big top tax question for many people. But to your point, Kyle, you want to do this smartly too. If you got a million bucks sitting in a traditional 401k, you don't want to just go convert the whole thing and, and screw yourself up from a tax standpoint that way either. Correct. Yeah. So you got to do this strategically, right? Uh, tax brackets, they're wide, but you want to, again, make sure that you're talking with an advisor and, and uh, doing conversions, I guess, smartly over time, right? So. 
That would, uh, be the, that would be the plan. That yes. would be the strategy, right? Exactly. So if you want to retire ready, folks, then make sure you reach out to Kyle, have a conversation. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith. You can find all the information at Kyle's website, mocanwealth.com. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources, again, at mocanwealth.com. That's M-O-K-A-N wealth.com. If you're already subscribed to the podcast, great. Thank you very much. Maybe suggest it or send it over to somebody who might also enjoy the content. And on Slash Podcast there on the website, you can find a lot of other resources. You can subscribe that way. And you can get the Retire Ready Toolkit. So, Kyle, thanks for hanging out and talking through this with me. I appreciate it. Yep, appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll see you next time right here on the show. This has been Retire Ready with Kyle Hammerschmidt. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.